0: Beneath the clothes we find a man and beneath the man we find his nucleus. hello everybody and welcome to a hispanard well the news waits for no man even if that man is on vacation which i currently am so this is mountain man edition part two i did one of these last year um while i'm at a spot that is nearly impossible to get internet from uh i have had a couple times uh the opportunity to go into town to check things out and uh yeah it's almost like too much to keep up with to tell you the truth there's big news small news medium news uh one of them uh being that marvel has decided uh, and obviously this is all geek related but you know one of the big things is that marvel has decided to um push back the dates for all of their upcoming movies uh the new captain america movie the thunderbolts movie the deadpool movie fantastic four um blade and i think there was one other movie that was on the docket for all of that that has been pushed back due to the writer's strike which is uh still going on as we speak and probably for a few other reasons um that they have not ever been forthcoming about but that is the state of that um yeah, when it comes to 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 Marvel, it seems like uh, some of the things that are doing very well for Marvel are Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. That movie continues to perform, and actually, it was a movie that what they call uh, had legs, but uh, took its took its time to build up to where it is now. Which is, the movie has grossed uh, eight hundred million worldwide movie was made for 250 million plus another 140 150 million for marketing so it was already in for 400 million so the fact that it's made 800 million um worldwide is actually really great for the movie it means it was financially successful for disney once they put out the physical media of it if and this is a big if but if disney does the right thing and they go ahead and they package up all three movies, Guardians One, Two, and Three, into something like a uh, steel book, then they are going to see really great money made off of that that physical media. Which means that the movie is going to uh, continue to succeed for them, and might even get close to uh, making nine hundred to nine hundred fifty million. Well, from what I've been seeing, as I've been looking into it, typically physical media. Will generate anywhere between twenty million to maybe on the high end fifty million. Um, so nine hundred is is uh, too much of a stretch. It could be that Guardians ends up with, let's say, by the, its final run before it finally gets pulled out of theaters, maybe it makes a hundred uh, or eight hundred and ten to eight hundred and fifteen million, and then you tack on another twenty million on top of that. Uh, you know, it's, it, it will have proven to be very successful. And then on top of that, uh, people might actually decide to purchase uh, Disney Plus just to watch it on streaming. And that doesn't count all the other locations that it will end up in streaming like uh, Amazon Prime or Max or, you know, any of the other streaming services like Netflix, which typically You know, pay a a sweet penny to to have those to host them on their site. So yeah, as far as uh, Marvel and the movies, Guardians of the Galaxy ended up being a a big saver, you know, in terms of uh, a big money maker, but also saving their bacon a little bit for the summer. Other than that, you're looking at uh, Spider-Man across the Spider Verse, which is not theirs; it belongs to. Sony, uh, Disney slash Marvel will get a piece of that. Uh, but it, you know, like they do with, uh, Spider-Man, but it just won't be a significant chunk of it. So that, you know, they'll get a percentage based on how much the movie makes. For example, for example, with, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, that movie, I believe grossed, uh, I might be wrong about this, but I think it grossed one point nine billion. Once it was done and Disney only saw 125 million of that, the majority of that went to Sony and rightfully so, so you'll have the same scenario with Spider-Man and, uh, across the Spider-Verse, they'll, they'll make some money off it, but it, it's not theirs. So they can't claim it. Um, and then as far as, uh, everything else that is coming out from Disney, which is, now so difficult for me to separate or to think about it in, in any other terms that whether it's coming out from Lucasfilm or it's coming from Marvel or it's coming from Pixar, it's all Disney at the end of the day. And it's that Disney, you know the Disney tentacle that is uh in all of those different pies. So yeah, when it comes to Disney overall and the movie theaters, they're you know they're not going to do well uh already it looks like uh the new movie elementals which i think came out today is set to underperform by all standards just based on on the people that follow the metrics uh they are predicting that it's going to uh severely underperform which means it's going to start open up to 40 to 50 million which for a pixar movie is you know, you're talking about the beginning of Pixar for something like that. But once Pixar got rolling, they were, uh, you know, they were expected like 100 million was not uh, strange for a Pixar movie to open, which is, you know, that is strange for an animated an animated movie to be able to open up at 90, you know, eight, anywhere between 80 to 100 million is like huge. And um, Pixar was doing it over and over and over again. And now it looks like they are definitely going to underperform when it comes to that and it might end up being just another flop. It won't be a strange world uh strange worlds flop, but it will definitely be a flop in the same way that the new Little Mermaid is a flop. Um and it doesn't matter what anybody says online. Uh it, it's it is that movie is predominantly being carried uh here in the States. It continues to make money here, but it's not making any money overseas. And it doesn't even it doesn't matter if the movie ends up with uh three hundred and fifty million here in the states, it's not going to make the box office that they had predicted it would make. And on top of that, if you go to social media, you will see that movie is being pushed, I mean, hard. So that means they're continue they're continuing to spend marketing dollars on it trying to get it across some finish line that it's not going to be able to make. I predicted that it would make no more than four hundred and fifty million. I could be wrong. It might end up making 500 million, but because the movie costs 250 to make, well, at this point, it looks like it's another 200 million to market the way that they're marketing it so strong. You're looking at 450 million already just for the movie to be created and marketed. And for it to maybe hit 500 million, maybe would be a, a severe loss across the board. So, you know, they're not doing well there, they're not already, you know, there's really bad uh, feedback for uh, the last Indiana Jones movie, bad feedback for Elementals, I can't think of anything else that they have uh, going on as far as uh, a theatrical release right now, and they're not alone, you know, the the Flash is actually getting really negative reviews, so that's going to be interesting, uh, you know, DC, uh, the DC Universe Flash it that one might actually end up making a ton of money through word of mouth i like you know for example, a uh, friend of the show and and personal friend producer chris uh went to go see the movie and he i mean it was like nostalgia you know uh, uh pumped into his veins the way that he described, it and he absolutely loved it, so already that's good word of mouth right there if you've got two let's say 200 people at the movie theater and 150 of them come out and they tell their friends like, man, that is worth watching in the movie theater. It doesn't matter what the critics say. That movie is going to kill it. And so I, I couldn't even tell you really, honestly, I, I don't know where that movie is going to land. There is the, uh, the aspect of social media and a bunch of people like myself who are turned off from the movie because of Ezra Miller, the, the, the star of the movie. So there are people like me, and then there's, then there's other people who are just straight-up haters who, you know, refuse to have it succeed because it is the end of the Snyderverse, and, you know, they've invested their personal feelings on that end on it. And then there are critics that have gone to see it that have broken it down and have told you, you know, why it's bad. I don't know how much of that really affects anything um when it comes to the average movie goer who who you know like i said 150 people come out of it and they're like this is worth watching people are going to go people are going to go for the uh, spectacle of it and for the uh, the word of mouth of it so it could end up being a big winner for uh, dc um who knows you know but uh let me see what else uh for me uh, prediction wise if i if i have to predict what else is going to make huge money. I'm going to put all of my chips in on Tom Cruise and mission impossible. I think that movie is going to destroy the box office. And, uh, you know, they picked up, uh, I think one or two new people like Haley Atwell, uh, you know, uh, agent Carter, uh, slash, uh, alternate reality, Captain America, you know, Captain Britain. And, uh, she's just, insanely uh lovable and just great actress so her tom cruise plus the old crew is back plus you know the, i think they pulled out all the stops when it comes to stunts and uh stories Ugh, i cannot wait i'm super excited for that one um some of the things that uh i've been some of the other things i've been seeing online which were a little bit depressing i saw gavin or Newsom went to go visit uh disneyland and met with uh, Iger and uh, can't remember his name, but basically the guy that runs parks, that was a little bit of a bummer. I uh, it's, it's been really depressing to watch a company that I love uh, be so politically caught up. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't need Disney to meet with a Republican. That's like so silly, Uh, you know, and absurd even to even think about there being some kind of balance. Like there there's, there will be no balance and, and, and it wouldn't matter, but I have a special dislike for Gavin or Newton, Gavin Newsom, governor Gavin Newsom. Um, so, you know, just him watching his slimy presence be, you know, at Disney with uh, Bob Iger who I also don't have good feelings about, when it comes to the the way the company is being run and managed it just what it does is it brings me to this, uh, moment of dread of the future for the company and what's coming. Um, I don't see anything positive from those two guys getting together and meeting up and, and it is overtly political because of the things that are happening in Florida, which I wish had never happened to the company. I, I don't like the idea that, you know, any of these companies, jump into politics and they, they don't they don't represent the average person they don't represent the people nor should you know they have uh, an overwhelming voice uh when it comes to the choices for states and and for the individuals in those states you know I, i've said it before and i'll say it again my personal belief is if you make widgets and make widgets like don't you know don't try to um weasel your way or, or work your way into social issues. That's not what you're there to do. You're there to do whatever it is that you create. And already, you know, as a company that creates entertainment, there's a lot of things that are woven into that entertainment, which, you know, are are social issues. Uh, A lot of entertainment is um, emotional manipulation. They are trying to get you to feel and look at things like reality a certain way, and sometimes they just presuppose things, they're like, "Well, this is the way it is, this is this is true, and we all know this is true, whether that's actually the case or not, um, you know, they don't spend the time to unpack things, and they don't give you multiple points of views. People when they write stories, they're writing them uh, sometimes with an agenda. Uh, the best stories are not written with agendas they're bi- they're written with Purpose and uh, those have always been my favorite what uh, even during the time when i didn't even know that that's what I was gravitating towards it's the very thing that I've talked about before and why I don't believe in representation and, and why representation doesn't matter to me because I don't need um the story to cater to me I don't need it to fit my my points of views I don't need it to um to um pander to me what i need is a a really well told told story even if the story is difficult when you stop and and objectively you step back and you look at it and you go man that entire story is is not okay everybody's bad in it or or everybody's super flawed in it but you can understand the way the story is structured the motivation of the characters where the story is going what uh, ultimately the the story that is being told the conclusion of it one of my prime examples will always be pulp fiction it is not for everybody you know um i have a dark side to me i have a a, a dark you know humor aspect to me Uh, and so for me i love that movie and that movie works really well but i know a lot of people would be completely disgusted by that movie and rightfully so there's a lot of disgusting moments in that movie lot of a lot of moments in that movie that are really hard to think about and hard to watch especially if you overlay it into real life but but the story is unapologetically moving forward and telling you this this specific uh or specific points points of view and you have to admire it for that for its ability to to stay on course wrap up all the different threads and and not even explain everything to you so that's another thing that the movie doesn't do it does not dumb everything down and try to explain everything instead it tells a story and it's up to you to decide whether you understood what you understood or what you didn't those are the best stories you know actually the worst stories are the stories that are trying to manipulate you into necessarily picking a side um and And I'm, I'm, I understand fully what I'm saying when I, when I'm offering that up, that idea up that, well, then Alex, you know, what about a Christian movie? Yeah, they're emotionally and psychologically trying to manipulate you to see things in a certain way. It's not that I disagree with that. It's that for me personally, not interested in it. I'm not interested in it from a Christian perspective. I'm not interested in it from a humanist, evolutionist, you know, atheist perspective either. What I'm interested in is you have a and you know you have the hero and then you have the hero's journey and you find out all the ups and downs of how the hero gets to the conclusion of that story. That's what I love. That's what I'm into. I, I, and along the way if it's difficult and entertaining and emotional, you know, and makes you laugh and it does all of the things that it has to do to get you to that part of, you know, to the conclusion of the story. Give me that, you know, along the way, sure, introduce various characters with various points of views and various lifestyles and various whatever. But if they're there to serve the greater story, I'm all for it, especially if the story is told really well. Because contrary to popular belief, you know, I, from what social media would have you believe, or regular media would have you believe, average person actually doesn't hate anybody else. You know, like like when it comes to me as an individual, I have a very libertarian point of view when it comes to what people are, can, and should be allowed to do. My I, I fall under the same generic category that everybody falls under, which is. Don't hurt kids and don't hurt other people, you know, what and it, w- with whatever it is that you're doing. So it's not like the bar is set very high. You know, if if you come out with a movie like Rose, you know, which is about uh, two gay men finding love, okay, that's cool, but it's not for me. I didn't go see it. I'm not going to watch it on streaming. It's not something that I will uh, partake of. So I think that's where we should be at in society is we should be able to say, Hey, this is not for me. And it's not for me because I'm hateful or because I, you know, I detest you or whatever. It's just not what I'm interested in. And I don't have to give it a chance. And I think that's where we need to be at in society. We need to be at a place in society where we go, Hey, I know this isn't for me. I, I, I don't like broccoli, so I know broccoli's not for me, so I'm not going to eat broccoli. Oh, wait, you're, you're telling me that there are benefits from broccoli in this other food over here, this, this other vegetable, and I do like this vegetable? Well, guess what? I'm going to have that vegetable. I'm going to skip broccoli and have that. And that's how things should be in society unless you're trying to do something that is intentionally harmful, again, towards kids towards women, towards other individuals. If you're pushing some idea, notion, agenda that is that we can recognize is harmful psychologically, physically, emotionally, then we're going to push back on that. And when I say we, I mean society. Society is going to push back on that. We're going to say no, no thank you. But if you want to make art, and your art is that story that I just described, make your art. That's fine because there, there is an audience for that. It may not be the percentage of the audience that you think it is, but that just means all you have to do is readjust. So instead of making a gay comedy that costs a hundred million, Figure out how to make a gay comedy that costs twenty five million. And then you'll see your return, you know, on your investment. Because you you will have enough of an audience maybe that where the movie makes fifty million or the movie makes eighty million. And that's pretty dang good if you made it for twenty-five million. So there is this other aspect too within the entertainment world that I've noticed is Hey, we made this originally for this amount, but now we've got to double it. Now we've got to triple it. Now we've got to quadruple it. No, you don't. You really, really don't. I mean, a prime example is ju- the John Wick movies. The first John Wick was made for $40 million. It grossed $80 million, and then it made, I think, some crazy thing, like 30 to $40 million more more on, on physical media. That's a that's a giant hit. So then the next one they bump up. You know, I I think it had like an eighty million dollar budget, and again made way more money. So somebody was doing the math, and they figured it out. And I think the marketing, you know, they marketed more, but obviously it also had word of mouth power. I just don't think it's necessary to continue to up and up and up. Where now you've got, let's say, you get to John Wick five, and you get to John Wick six, and each movie is like $200 million, That that's unnecessary. It's a thing, it's a very thing that Pixar is going through right now. If Sony makes Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse for $100 million, and, I mean, you've got built-in brand recognition with the Spider-Man franchise, the Spider-Man mythos, on top of that, you already have the goodwill of the first movie, which was a breakthrough standout movie that certainly enjoyed word of mouth, you know, recognition, you've already got that going on. You don't need to, you know, spend any more than, than whatever it is you're spending, which in this case was a hundred million. So it's a real head scratcher where you've got that. And then you've got Pixar that puts out a movie elementals for 200 million. What did you spend the money on? If if Sony with brand recognition you know is able to do it for 100 million, Pixar what are you doing spending 200 million dollars on something that nobody knows and that is truly a gamble like it should be Pixar should have always been on the low end of cost for production and and really just enjoyed the high end return that they always get look they always got really great voice talent that was that was the other thing for pixar besides having the recipe that always worked with the storytelling they also got unique sounding voice talent sometimes they reached into the past and got somebody you know like a well, I'm I don't mean to say Tom Hanks because he's you know, I don't ever think of him as old, but you get somebody like Tom Hanks that has a very distinct voice. You get somebody like Tim Allen, you get uh Don Wrinkles, you know, Don Rickles rather, sorry, not Wrinkles. <laughs> Don Rickles, you know, you get people like that who have this very distinct voice and uh man, it really works. Or you get somebody like uh, uh Billy Crystal and um John Goodman, you know, very distinct, very unique, cool voices. Pixar definitely had it going on when it came to production costs versus return. You know, it's completely understandable why they had such a good run. But lately the choices that have been being made, I I just don't get it. I really, really don't understand. It's, it's kind of depressing. Um, So yeah, going back to, you know, media and, and manipulation and entertainment, I think there's room for everything. There's room for the, the gay rom-com. There's room for the, you know, straight rom-com. There's room for the, the raunchy rom-com. There's room for action. There's room for horror. There's room for suspense. There's room for all of it. If you tell a really good story and there's also room to tell those really great stories from the perspective of unique, you know, races, um, love him or hate him or th- whatever you might think. Jordan Peele has definitely leaned into, uh, black cinema. I would call it, you know, uh, black horror cinema. And he's been doing really, really well. I, not all of his things are hits for sure, but he's keeping the the cost down and he's making more than enough money. You know, he's got more than enough returns, more than enough support. That it doesn't matter what any individuals might think. And this this actually parallels the Bros movie perfectly. You got Jordan Peele who's making a horror movie for forty million dollars, and he and he's getting a hundred million to, to hundred and fifty million. You know, on return. Like, that's the, that's a no-brainer for the studios. Any studio that, that has picked him up and has a deal with him, they're like, yeah, keep making these movies. Doesn't matter if people hate them. Doesn't matter if people, you know, say bad things about them. You got an audience, and that audience keeps coming back, and they want to support you. They like what you do. I think the same thing can be done with uh, something like a Bros movie, or something uh, something like that can be done with, uh, you know, like a uh, something like a Christian movie, which actually Christian movies kill it. I, I personally don't like them because number one, it's like preaching to the choir. I already, you don't need to tell me about Jesus. You don't need to tell me, you know, about sin. You don't like, I'm all in already, bro. We're good. So for me, those movies are misses. Like, and I think that's like that, that's the problem. So yeah, let's get into that for a second. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about Christian cinema and my problems with Christian cinema. Christian cinema is largely um, uh, a, a an outreach program. So Christian movies are made to uh, with the idea, and and this is not like uh, my opinion. I've seen enough of them that I'm telling you whether the people who write them and make them, if they were not consciously thinking of this then uh, it's so buried into their subconscious that it cannot help but come out but a lot of the way that those movies are made they're made as a as a vehicle and a tool to capture someone into salvation so the way they're written and the way they're made is hey if we can at least get one soul you know with this movie then then it it was all worth it that's the way they're made whatever cool But in my opinion, you're really hampering your ability to tell a story and, you know, by having this very specific agenda of trying to capture souls. I look at something like uh, The Prince of Egypt, the animated movie from DreamWorks. That told you a story of a particular historical time, whether you believe it or not believe it is inconsequential. It's an entertaining story, so you know, believe it, don't believe it. It was an entertaining animated movie, made a ton of money, and it told. And and that was one of the, uh, one of one of the things that that was in service of it, or that served it well rather, is that it didn't have to spend its time trying to preach anything to any particular person or trying to convert anybody. It was just telling you a story that's already you know it's existed for thousands of years, so. They're good to go. They just have to structure it right and, and visually present it right, which they did, and boom. But modern day Christian stories—they are—they have an agenda. They're trying to push a message, and in my opinion, I think they're doing them. They're not doing themselves any favors, even though they make money. I think the better way would be to tell a story from a Christian perspective, but the story. Is about something where it has, you know, a beginning, middle, and an end, and it's the hero's journey. And you see why the individual or individuals stick to their guns and stick to their principles, and why through all their trials and tribulations, they get to the end with their faith intact. I'd say that's the story I'm interested in because I think that's uh, a more entertaining and more, uh, it opens everything up to, to a a much broader world. You know, if you have the, the story of a knight and he's on a quest and he goes through all kinds of terrible things, you know, and he meets great people along the way and he meets horrible people along the way and he has to deal with magic and, you know, and through it all, he, through temptation, through heartbreak, through, uh, you know, trials and tribulations he's able to uh maintain his faith and and lean into his faith during the darkest times of that journey i'm interested in seeing that movie i can relate to that even if the night happens to be you know the story said england the night is caucasian as as white as the driven snow and speaks in you know that funny lyrical uh english type of way old school way I can completely relate to that moment, that person, that story, even though they don't look like me for a second and I don't share any of their life experiences because I don't know what it's like to be a knight or to go on a quest or to fight witches or any of that stuff. That's my favorite, man. That's my favorite thing. And again, I will go back also to, um, Stranger Things, you know, one of my favorite characters is, is a gay character uh you know it's uh Steve's best friend um oh my goodness I can't believe i, I forgot her name right now but but it's it's uh oh and she's also the daughter of somebody she's the daughter of uh, uh she's the daughter of Uma Thurman and ethan Hawke. and um uh, but I can't remember what her character's name is right now, but she's hilarious on that show, and they're they're actually dealing with in within the show they have moments where they 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 give you a peek into what she's dealing with and and the you know the things she struggles with and it's done so well that there's no pushback because again i don't live outside of reality and i don't live in some bubble where i you know firmly believe that people with feelings that are different than mine don't exist like that that's the silliest thing but it's not the focus of the show it's not the main plot of the show it it's part of the journey of that individual character and how it relates to everybody else around her and how they relate to her and and how they care about one another it it's just organically it's really well done so i really appreciate the way that the storytelling is being done in that that's the other thing too i i think you know a real world or or adventure (laughs) so let's talk about this you know it's something that they they overlaid the real world with uh willow The Disney Plus show. Not Willow the original. So they went ahead and they. They looked at this property that already existed. And that had built in nostalgia. And they said. We're going to go ahead. And continue to use. The mystical. You know. uh, uh, Science fiction aspects. of Of. The Willow universe. But on top of that. The characters that we're going to introduce, they will be diverse. They will not only be diverse a- as far as uh races go, but they'll be diverse in their thinking and in their points of view. And, you know, uh, we're going to we're going to shift the the heroes, not Willow. The hero will be this new, you know, female, young female. And we'll, you know, we'll tell her story. And nobody was in for it. And it was because you went ahead and bit the hand that fed you, which was people my age and older who grew up watching Willow and loved Willow, and they were expecting more Willow. And that's not what they got. And so they got in title only. But they got some other show, which, you know, if you're going to do that, then just do something new. Do a new thing. Don't, don't. uh, That's the other thing people got really upset about is they're like, well, you. You say you're giving us Willow, but you're not giving us Willow. You're giving us something else. So it's less about people being uh, phobic of anything, and it's more about people having the rug pulled out from under them and really not appreciating it. So now you have Willow is no longer on Disney. Plus it's no longer being carried anywhere, and it's disappeared. And whose fault is that? But the people that decided, hey, we're going to use this, ip and overlay it with something that people don't want they don't want an old thing that they that they have fond memories of being overlaid with modern day social issues again same thing happened with lord of the rings the rings of power i've talked about this ad nauseum, but i'll say it again you you can't take something that people already love and something that the, a, a built-in expectation that people already had and not deliver more of that because that's what people are looking for the thing that they it's a it's a comfort thing you know if somebody loves cinnamon rolls the way that i do or or chocolate brownies the way that i do you can't all of a sudden give me a vegetable and go this is a cinnamon roll it no it's not and you're not going to trick me into believing that it is doesn't have the same texture, the same gooey warmthness. It's not, it's not a delicious, you know, mouth-watering treat. It's it's a vegetable. Get out of here with that. What are you talking about? You know, it, smartly, Tom Cruise figured it out. Top Gun, the first one, people liked it. I'm not, I'm not gonna say people loved it. Maybe they have some kind of like nostalgic memory of it. But he's like, okay, we made this. We're going to lean into the mythology of the first one and we're going to give you something even better in the second one, which that's on the one hand, it's not difficult to do because the first one was very light on story. Second one is also light on story, but it has more story and it also has callbacks and it has, it leans deep into nostalgia and Tom Cruise is crazy likable in it. So it's, of course, it, No wonder the movie made $2 billion. Of course it did, because it gave people what they wanted. So, if you're going to give me Willow, give me Willow. If you're going to give me Star Wars, give me Star Wars. If you're going to give me Marvel, again, give me Marvel. These companies, some of them anyway, are not understanding what they're doing to their property. The damage that they're doing to it and what people are looking for. And people in America, for the most part, the majority, you know, I I would say a very high percentage, they're not bigots. They're not hateful. They're not, you know, unwelcoming. In fact, it's the opposite. You know, people want to, they want entertainment. They love entertainment. They will celebrate entertainment that, you know, big and small. I mean, fandom is small. You know, celebration fandom is is small groups of people, but then you got large too, like you got my parents. you've got you know my wife's uh, parents, you've got uncles and aunts. you got people who just want to go check it out even if they don't understand everything that's happening. They can see the entertainment of it. They can see the enjoyment, you know, from the the little ones, and everybody has a good time. my father in law has come to a, a ton of Marvel movies with us. He does he hasn't watched every single one all the way through, doesn't have to. He's still entertained by what he saw, even if he doesn't understand the, 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 the connectivity between things, still it was enjoyable for him. That's what you want in entertainment. You want something that is broadly, uh, enjoyable and has a, has a broad, um, appeal, you know? So yeah, there's definitely some this summer that will, will, uh, hit that mark. Uh, but sadly there is a lot that will be put out that will miss the mark because there's an agenda and there is a message and, you know, honestly, there's a lot of tone deafness going on, uh, at many levels, but yeah, I was talking about it today with, with uh, my brother-in-laws and you know, the, the real world off, offers you one thing, social media offers you another, and they don't intersect a lot of the time. And it turns out that the real world is way nicer, way calmer, way cooler, more relaxed, and, and more in common, um, and, and that's as it should be. So take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to social media. Take everything with a a grain of salt. With all the news and information that is being pumped out there. You know, as we talked about it today, the majority of that is specifically made to upset you. It's made to make you rage and to uh, give the worst opinion. And if you can step back and take a look and be more objective about it you will have a much better life and you will feel much more secure if you don't, if you don't give into, um, what it is that the algorithms and, you know, specifically agenda driven media is trying to get you to think or believe. So that is my, my mountain man wish for you. Uh, this, this, this Hispanic friday that you would take a deep breath take a step back remember that the real world and social media are not the same even though uh there are powers you know out there that are trying to collapse them together into one another Uh, may it never be so Uh, go out say hi to people you know say thank you to people as you're shopping smile you know, do the things that you would do, be kind to people, and I think you will receive kindness back. Um, and I think that's as it should be. I know that I, I transitioned from a moment in my life where I was always ready for conflict. I was, I always told myself, I'm not looking to get into a fight, but if it happens, I'm not looking not to be ready. So I was, I always had my guard up, I was always ready. You know I walked around with that that uh energy and when when I shifted it over and I was no longer in that place, it was amazing how uh the attitudes around me shifted as well and I realized that it was me i was putting I was putting out this energy, so people were responding to that energy, to that energy. Now I have a different energy, and people respond to that energy and it's it's great, you know i Every time I've gotten pulled over by a cop, it's always been a pleasant experience. There's nothing negative about it. We've always had mutual respect for one another. When I go to a place, you know, go shopping or I go to a fast food place or whatever, you know, it's 99% a positive experience. I have very, 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 very rarely had a negative encounter with somebody. And as I've gotten older, it's actually only gotten better where if, if there was a negative encounter, I actually feel confident enough to address that moment to figure out what's going on. And I've gotten an apology and then, you know, talk it through and then we move forward with whatever the transaction is and it's been good. So it's completely possible to, uh, negate a lot of the issues that you might run across because a lot of it really, it begins and ends with you and you know that personal responsibility i think is huge for people it's something that everyone in society should lean into because i think it'll make society way better as a whole so that's what i will leave you with my dear listener be kind to one another love each other try to you know not to be reactive but instead uh to really consider somebody else's point of view and 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 Position in the moment if you can. And uh, otherwise, I'll leave you like I always do. Take your vitamins, drink your water, eat your vegetables. I love you all. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.